Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey, hey, good morning, everybody. How about a Super Sunday shout out right today? Super Bowl, Super Sunday. Go Chiefs. I got a bigger cheer for Go Chiefs than how about a Super Sunday kind of. Hey, every Sunday, Super Sunday. I don't know what your team is, but hey, it's good. I'm a Kansas City boy, so uh, we're rooting for the Chiefs at my house. But hey, every time we come together on a Sunday is a good one, right? Hey, so we're thankful that you guys are here. A lot going on today for sure. Uh, We're excited about celebrating what we're going to reveal to you here shortly, but always good to gather on a Sunday. Appreciate everybody online. Thank you for logging in. Anytime you can't be here traveling, let your friends know. Send them a link. They can join with us online. A great opportunity just to reach out to them with the life, love, and power of Jesus through our online services. So, hey, a couple of announcements before we move on. Uh, You saw on the screen, get your MyTOLC account. Get the app so you can keep up with everything. Go to the website, find out all the information, how you can be blessed and be a blessing. Um, as you saw, it is Mission Sunday, so the cafe is open. Um, I want to say this, there's some brisket and ribs by the pound while supplies last. If you're having a Super Bowl party, maybe you just decided, I can have a Super Bowl party now. So grab some on your way out. Hey, the real super part of that is all the monies that you spend on that go to our missions, which is a difference maker. And I want to say this right here because I might forget in the context of my message, but last year, our missions cafe uh, brought in $46,000 for missions. Come on, somebody. That's awesome. It's amazing. You know what? I want to... I want to say you guys really know how to give, but you guys really know how to eat. Maybe that's a better way to say that. So, uh, hey, that's awesome. On top of your tithes and offerings, when you support that, you support missions. So appreciate that. A lot of good is happening through that. So take advantage of that today. I also want to let you know a growth track started this Sunday. You can jump in at any time this month. It has our membership component on it. All, all kinds of opportunities for you to grow and learn about what God has for you. And then, of course, we don't want to forget that coming next Friday night and then Saturday is the IF gathering. So I just want to give a shout out. Ladies, you need to come to the IF gathering. There's already been several hundred already signed up, registered. There is no fee. We want you to sign up just so we know if you're able to come or not. We're planning things. But if you haven't registered and it gets down to it and you want to say, you know what, I can go to that, but I didn't register. Come on anyways, all right? Tell your friends that don't think that because they didn't register, you couldn't come. Just give us a heads up so we know how many people to plan for, but you're always welcome to come on this Friday and Saturday for that. Uh, it's going to be amazing. I still purposely did not try and find out what if meant because I like the idea of if you come, you're going to be blessed. If you don't, eh, you know, that kind of thing. It's just kind of the way it is. I don't know. So and I know this. It's going to be awesome. So great time for sure. Hey, are you ready for today? Come on. Are you ready for today? I'm, I'm excited. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to talk loud and fast. I don't normally do that, but I'm really excited today. And uh, so because I love what today and the next week is all about, we're actually doing a series which I call Go, a G for generosity and then O for opportunity. So today is the generosity part. And we're going to get to look back a little bit and see what the generosity of God's people is, uh, does around the world, here and around the world. And so um, I, here's what I know, that God is a generous God, amen? Generosity marks our God. In fact, just the most famous scripture ever, maybe the most important one is, for God so loved the world he gave. So generosity should mark the lives of God's people. And I believe generosity has marked this church from the beginning, August 2nd, 1981 to today. And we know into beyond generosity is what marks Tree of Life Church because we want to reflect our heavenly father. And generosity is what makes a difference because God works on this earth through people. 
he works through people. So if you are a generous person, God's going to be generous to you, because if he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Amen? And so we stand here today. That's what I want to say as a lead into the video you're going to see in just a moment, then we'll move on with our message. We stand here today recognizing the power and importance of generosity, and not from just what took place last year in 2019. And we could never, we, ha- we don't have enough time to bring all the information, all the wins to you of what you've done and what you're doing. But also, I want to remind you that we are here today in this building on this 54 acres on 30, I-35, on the busiest stretches of highway in the state, maybe the nation. We are here because of the generosity of others. In fact, we can go all the way back to the founding of the church, the generosity of people that came in those very first weeks, months, and years um, are still, their their generosity still has life, amen? And a lot of us are the result of that. And so uh, we're going to show you uh, a little bit highlight from 2019 as a result of the generosity of our God and his people. So if you don't mind, take a look. Let's watch. church's greatness is not, is not measured by its pastor or those in leadership, their charisma, their gifting, their ability. That does not in and of itself make a great church. A church's greatness is not measured by its programs, however wonderful and spirit-inspired they may be. A church's greatness is not measured by its popularity, the size of the assembly that it has, or the acceptance by the community. A church's greatness is not measured by its polish or the image that it presents. A church's greatness is not measured by its prosperity or its wealth or the size of the buildings it has or the, or the beauty of the buildings or the number of the buildings or the number of land and grounds it has. A church's greatness is measured by its people. You are the measure of a great church, you sitting in the pew. A church's greatness is measured by its prayers. It is measured by its propagation. The word propagate means to spread from person to person. We are to infect the world with Jesus Christ. A great church is measured by its purpose. Our mission is to connect all people to the life, love, and power of Jesus. That permeates everything we do and extends outside the borders of our church, our community, and even our country. privilege of praying for missions. And I thought, what better way to know how to pray for missions and our missionaries than to ask a missionary? So Kristen, tell us why it's important. 
Yeah, it's really important to pray for missions because our missionaries are out on the front line. They're in this vulnerable spot where there can be a lot of loneliness, a lot of sickness, a lot of just problems. I'm so thankful when the church prays for me. So it's really important to pray for our missionaries. Texas for Serve Day 2019 at Sealy Elementary. We are painting the outside of part of the school and we are excited to participate in such an amazing day. Uh, what we're doing behind me is we're building a home for Miss Stephanie Gutierrez and her son Nicholas. We are in the middle of our build. is amazing and of course everyone is just like on their knees in worship to just feel God's presence so close. I got my prayer language and at first I was like I don't know if this is gonna work and like how it was gonna work but we just prayed during worship and words just started flowing out our mouth it was really cool and just to experience that during the night session was really fun. Thank you Tree of Life and everyone that supported all the people here that got to come to camp um, we really appreciate it and all the kids are having a great time. My story is not one of life is grand and great and it's wonderful to be in a group. I went very broken and very hurt and I could never understand or figure out why. There was one particular time, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, 25 years ago, I was struggling something so deep inside of me that I had no idea what it was. I wanted to end my life. 25 years later, I had a job loss on the same exact day, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. My group was there to help rally around me and pray for me when that de depression broke and I was an absolute overcomer. And it was the most incredible feeling I've ever had in my life. Jesus isn't saying to these folks, you will be the salt of the earth. He isn't saying to the church today, you will one day be the salt of the earth. Jesus is saying, now you are the salt of the earth. We're going to have to press towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And we're going to have to put on Christ until Jesus comes for us. And he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, tree of life. Well done. 
do a new thing. I'm moving. Are you going to move with me? Because I'm doing it. Is God looking for diversity of people to come together in unity to release his power? Or is he releasing his power so people can come together in unity? And I would say yes and yes. When people come together with a diversity of cultures and background and experiences, come together as one, there's great power released. Can I tell you, Tree of Life? I believe that this church is to be marked with revival and reconciliation in this next year, in this next decade. Because we're coming together in our diversity as one, united. Amen. Come on, everybody. Come on. Come on. God is good. He's faithful. He's faithful. Amen. 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 You can be seated. I don't know for some of you that voice, the first part, that was my dad, the founding pastor. Um, it's been about 24 years, so some of them might have got a little bit of a surprise. But I, what I wanted you to hear, that I thought that was so powerful, was that's still the heart of this church. That's the mission that we're on. The mission hasn't changed. The heart and spirit has not changed. The methods change. Things change, and they need to over time. They need to. We're, we're reaching new generations. Cultural change. All kinds of things change around about us, but God changes not. Uh, we're on mission. We have the same heart, passion, and spirit that we've always had, but we're entering a new season. Amen? None of those are going to change, but we're going to do the things that God's asked us to do for this year. And so one of the things we wanted to do today is not just uh, honor, uh, again, we want to honor the, the time, those that have gone on before us and positioned us for this next season. We also wanted to let you know that we are entering a new year and a new decade, a new season. So we felt for a while, amen, we felt for a while it was important for us to, to change, to connect with this generation. We, we needed to uh, change some of our methods, and you saw the logo change right there. We wanted to let you know we've been working on that for about a year and praying about that. But what I want you to do guys, you put that back up there. What I want you to notice up here, if you put the logo back up here, it was important for us to still honor uh, our past and our heritage and keep that as we move forward. And so you'll see the tree there. It's the outline of the tree. In fact, it's what's fun to me is the the a daughter of the person that created that logo is, is a part of Tree of Life still. And so you can see it's evolved a little bit over the years. This is the biggest change, but we felt it was important to keep the tree a part of that with the cross in it because the cross is still our mission. Amen. The cross is still our mission, but we felt we needed to make a change to move forward. So today of all days, Super Sunday, we, we were looking forward to this one. Everybody today to celebrate this new season, this new decade, the new logo, if you will, but the same heart and spirit that we've always been. Amen. We got shirts for everybody today. Come on, everybody. You're going to get a Tree of Life shirt. I'm sure when you go out. <laughs> and let me just say this, because you're in church. Don't fight. Just don't. Don't fight. You get one. Everybody gets one. You don't get one for a family member that can't be here today. You get one. And while supplies last. And I know the first service people try and take everything, so there's nothing left for you. But we, I think we have enough. But anyway, so we're celebrating not just a new year, but a new decade. But we're honoring still uh, the shoulders of those we stand on before, because none of this has happened without the generosity of the people that have gone on before us. Amen? And so I'm not just talking about generosity in the way of resource. I'm talking about, and I, I like the, the, the mix of all that in our video. You saw a generosity of time with so many people serving. You saw a generosity of resource in the giving. You saw all that. You saw a, a generosity of um, people in the groups, that, 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 that generosity of people come together of their time in their busy schedules, the impact that it has. Um, all those things are important, and we're just to be generous people, and God works through generous people. Amen? So I'm excited about uh, what we've been able to do. We're going to show you some more of that or talk a little bit about that, maybe a little bit through the course of the message. But I want to just share the heart of this house that it's been forever and will continue to be that way. And I, I really feel it's important for us to continue to go back um, regularly and celebrate that, honor that, honoring God um, and honoring our generous God. And we, we have so much that he does for us. We need to be reminded of that as well. 
Uh, one of the things I wanted to remind you, the importance of all of us continuing to come together, is that, that, that last clip was, of course, me, if you'll remember. But I want to take a look at Matthew 13, 52 in the Amplified. And here's what I believe is, is so powerful in this idea of God bringing so many people together, so much diversity in our, our, our races and culturally, our ages, socioeconomic, however you want to say that. Um, I think here is a, is a powerful scripture that will, that will help us understand the power of that coming together. It says this in Matthew 13, 52. It says, he said to them, therefore, uh, every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings out his treasure, his treasure things that are new and fresh and things that are old and familiar. Can I tell you, it's going to take all of us to be generous and continue to be that. And we celebrate everybody working together. Now, I, don't, I was reading this scripture as it was on my heart earlier in the week, and I was a little hesitant just from the standpoint of, I want everybody to remember that whatever season of life you are in, you are still important, and you can still be generous and contribute to what God wants to do here. But, but I wanted to ask a question without a raise of hands. How many of you are old and familiar? I mean, I don't know that. And I just say that. I've been here a while. Hey, but you're still important, just as important as the new and fresh and exciting. So all of us working together is the point of that, moving into this new decade and new season. But there's a passage of scripture in Matthew as well that I think really exemplifies what I believe generosity means for Tree of Life Church. And here's the thing, and I I don't know, I didn't know how to word this exactly. If I was to pick a particular title other than generosity, I, I would say it this way. It's crazy to be generous. I mean, like crazy good. Like some of us might say like it's absurd, like absurd, like in a good way. Whoever thought, because I think God's whole plan for generosity just doesn't make sense to my natural mind. In fact, it blows my mind to think, and if you saw, if you were watching that video, it blows my mind to think that I can be generous here and impact the entire world in some capacity. But it's amazing how God set it up because God works in and through people. Therefore, he works in and through generosity. And I want to take a look this morning at Matthew 21, verses 1 through 11. Let me read this passage and then we'll talk about what's been happening here. So Matthew 21, verse 1, starting there, it says, as they approach. Now, let me set it up. You might, the header above this passage, if you open your Bible, might say the triumphant entry. It might say the king is coming or here comes the king or whatever. But it's talking about Jesus is now and the last of his uh, time on the earth before he's crucified. Actually, he'll come back again, but he's crucified. He's being crucified in about six days. He's entering Jerusalem. That's why it's called the triumphant entry because he's coming in to eventually go to the cross and just um, do the biggest act of love and sacrifice and generosity in the history of mankind. Um, The only thing as significant perhaps as the death, burial, and crucifixion is the resurrection. But understand there cannot be a resurrection without a death and burial. And so here's the thing that Jesus is coming to do. Definitely a significant period. He's coming in with his disciples to Jerusalem. So a little background for you. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you'll find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. A donkey, like a big donkey and a little donkey. You'll find a big donkey and a little donkey tied there. Untie them and bring them to me. Which is funny to me because I would, I would be asking for a little bit more detail. Is the owner going to have a problem with that? <laughs> or is that gonna, am I going to pay for this? Are we going to wait and hide in the bushes so when no one's home? Are we gonna, what, are, what are we going to do here, Jesus? And Jesus just gives them some instructions. Jesus is speaking from one who knows that he is the source of all generosity. So he's saying to them, go and and untie the donkey and bring them to me. And it says this in verse three, if anyone says anything to you, say the Lord needs them and he'll send them right away. Um, Are you sure? Because I just can't imagine saying, yeah, take them. If you want them, take them. I'm not really sure. I I would say this, if anyone says anything to you, I'd be thinking, run, (laughs) run, come back later when no one's around. And so if anyone says, and he'll send them right away. 
verse four says this. This took place to fulfill, now listen, the, what the prophet spoke or the promise of God spoke through the prophet Zechariah about 500 years before, saying this in verse five. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you Here's the promise, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now there's meaning and symbolic meaning and all that. We're not talking about that today. But you're, the king will come riding on a donkey and on a colt. You know, that's interesting to me because in, when you see a Christmas play, I mean Easter play, all you see is a donkey, one donkey. Now the Bible's very specific that he had two and I don't know the significance of that. I don't know if he's donkey surfing. I don't know how that works, riding on both. But apparently... He used both, and there's symbolic meaning to it, but it's interesting, a big donkey and a little donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus said or instructed them to, and they brought the donkey and the colt, they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them out on the road. The crowd that went ahead of them, so big crowd is gathered, a bunch of people going before them, behind them, almost like a huge parade now, shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city, say whole city. The whole city was what? Stirred. It impacted the whole city. This act of generosity impacted the whole city. And they asked, their response to the impact was, who is this? In other words, who's this Jesus Verse 11 says this, the crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth and Galilee. And so it's interesting to me when you look at this passage of scripture, and I don't know if you've ever thought about it before in this passage, but you see this amazing principle of generosity, which I think, and understanding it, is just almost hard to wrap your brain around. So it's the craziness of generosity. And the first reason why generosity is crazy, uh, because I, I think is this, because God asks us for something. Isn't it interesting that God, the creator of the universe, the maker of everything, asks you and I for something? I mean, why would he do that? That's crazy to me. I mean, like, why would you need that? You have everything. You can do anything. You can do everything. But yet you want, here's a, you want to include me? You want to include me in your plan? That's crazy. You want me to be a part? Have you ever been asked to be a part of something and you thought, I don't even know why they asked me. This is crazy. I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm doing this. And I've had moments like that in my life. And if you think about it now on the planet, all that he's doing, the triumphal entry and all the things, he asked this guy for some donkeys. And I think sometimes we miss, the, we miss that moment when God asks us to be a part of his story. He doesn't have to do that. He can do anything anytime he wants, but he created us and this whole thing in a way that he invites us to be a part of his story. And we're a part of his story when, we're, when we operate in generosity. And the fact that God asks us anything, that, the fact that he sent his disciples to the town to ask for a big donkey and little donkey is crazy. Because to understand, God created all the animals. God created right in the garden, he created all the animals. God could have just said, hey, this is the biggest moment for my son right now. I mean, this is really why he came to give his life and everything. So um, I need him to ride in on a big donkey and little donkey. So boom, <laughs> right there they are. Here they are. Big, you know, reality is God, they could have, Jesus could have entered in the space shuttle, right? I mean, he could have came down on Air Force One, Star Trek Enterprise. It doesn't matter. I mean, you want to talk about impact. God could have, right? Come on, everybody. God could have, that's a, a little big uh, picture there, but God can do any of that, right? That's a little over the top, but God can do anything. And then he chose to include this owner of this donkey in his story, in the greatest moment of mankind. And I love that. That's crazy to me that God wants to invite us into his story every day in our life through generosity. 
And God could make anything happen. Can, we're looking at that video. If we could just think back on that video for a moment. And we talked about building churches or we talked about orphanages and we talked about feeding people. We talked about the remodeling of the room and the sensory room. Can I just tell you, God could have done that without us. God could create a church in India if he wanted to. Boom, there's a church. There you go. Enjoy. An orphanage. He could have created uh, gifts for 1,426 kids for Christmas, just making them appear. God could have done it a number of ways, but he invites us in. He invites us in through his generosity. It's crazy to me. What do you mean? I can be a part of that, God. I can be a part of what you're doing around the world right here. He could have done so many things, but he invites us into his story and the fact that God comes to people. And here's what blows my mind. God comes to people he has made and asks to borrow things that are his. I mean, that's just like, are you serious? I mean, you made me and they're yours and you're asking me? And he's inviting me in to be a part of his story and what he's doing here on the planet. And that's crazy to me. It just blows my mind. Solomon said, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it is the Lord's. Therefore, when God says he wants Jessamy and I to be a part of something with something that's not even ours and something he doesn't really even need for us, I want to give it to him. I want to be a part of that. I mean, we need to be like, are you kidding me? You're asking me to give you something that belongs to you to do something you don't need from me or to do it with? Absolutely, I want in on that. The fact that God comes to us to borrow something that belongs to him in the first place is crazy to me. Jesus could have said to his disciples that, tell the guy they're my donkeys. I mean, my father owns everything on the planet. Tell them they're mine. He said, tell them the Lord needs them. And that is crazy to me. When Jesus needs a donkey and a colt and the guy said yes, and so it's crazy that God needs anything that you and I have. But let me also say this. I, I, the second thing that's crazy about generosity is this, that Jesus rides into town on the generosity of people. He rides into town on the generosity of ordinary people. Now think about that for a moment. That tells me biblical principle that Jesus rides into anything and everything on generosity. Jesus rode into that life group on the generosity of the people around about her. Jesus rides into India on the generosity of you. Jesus rides into Mexico on your generosity. Jesus rides into our area on your generosity. Jesus rides into Christmas for kids on your generosity. Jesus rides into Thanksgiving for people on your generosity. Jesus rides into rent help and utilities help on your generosity. Let's take it a step further. Jesus rides into broken marriages on your generosity. Jesus rides into broken people's lives on your generosity. Jesus rides into situations on your generosity. Jesus rides into dark places on your generosity. Jesus rides into evil places on your generosity, forgotten places on your generosity. Jesus rides on the generosity of ordinary people. And that's crazy to me. Because you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a wealthy businessman. You don't have to be a politician. You don't have... He's just looking for ordinary people. He just wanted a donkey and a little donkey. He wasn't looking for a big thoroughbred racehorse type animal. (laughs) I mean, Jesus ought to ride in on an elephant or something. I don't know. I mean, that would make people really talk. So don't think what you have is not important. It's the generosity, not the item. It's the act, not the item. Hey, let me say this. If you got a Ferrari, give Jesus a Ferrari. If you got a donkey, give him a donkey. It's all about generosity. It's not about luxury or extravagance. It's about the heart and about the gift. 
That means that we all can be generous in some capacity. Let me say it this way. If you ate a taco, <laughs> your generosity wrote you into the story of somebody in India. That's crazy to me. Look what God can do through generous people. We just saw a whole video that doesn't even capture all that of Jesus riding in to situations and to countries and to places into New Braunfels and Seguin and San Marcos and San Antonio and Canyon Lake and India and Mexico and China and Vietnam and Cambodia and Iraq and marriages and families and homes and businesses and neighborhoods. He rode into dark places, evil places, poor places, divided places, depressed places, sick places. Uh, he rode into abuse places, lonely places, extra need places because of generosity. Jesus rides in on that in people's lives. And we saw the power of that in some regard in that video, 2019. And listen, he's not looking for extraordinary. He's looking for people, ordinary. Because when you give God the ordinary, he makes it extraordinary. See, it's the ordinary person in the eyes of God that gives extraordinary in the eyes of God. And God doesn't just simply just arrive in situations and places. He arrives on the generosity of ordinary people. And that's crazy to me. It says, when he arrived, the whole city was stirred. The whole city was stirred. A donkey owner, <laughs> a donkey owner stirred the whole city. We don't even know his name. He didn't do it to be known. He didn't need to be known. But God wrote him into a story. Your generosity, your one simple, ordinary act of generosity can stir a whole city. I believe this church the generosity of this church, which comes to the generosity of its people, can stir a whole city, can stir a whole country, can stir a whole situation, a whole nation. Just ordinary people with acts of generosity can stir everything round about us. And this is what God is thinking when he thinks of you and I in this church, in this city, in this area. He's thinking, I want this whole area to be stirred. I want the surrounding communities, the tree of life to be stirred. I want Mexico, India, all the things we mentioned to be stirred. He wants everyone to ask, and here's what happens. He wants everyone to ask, who is this? Not the church and not the person, but who is this Jesus? Your generosity stirs people to know who God is, not who you are, not who this church is. We don't want people to say, who's this tree of life church? We want people to say, who's this God? Who's this Jesus? It's reflected in the generosity of the ordinary people. And he will use our generosity, not just our resources, our time, our talent, our gifts, our treasure. He'll use all that to stir up a place where people will say, who is this Jesus? And that to me is crazy, that people will know Jesus because of our generosity in a greater capacity. Is it gonna happen through preaching? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Is it gonna happen through singing? You bet. Is it going to happen through facilities here on I-35? Yeah. Is it going to happen through, oh, I forgot one piece. Is it going to happen through a big sign? Yeah. And we'll see that in a second. It's going to happen through generosity. Listen, he wrote into Jerusalem to be a sacrifice for sin on generosity. Let me say it this way then. Salvation will ride in on generosity. Healing will ride in on generosity. Freedom will ride in on generosity. Come on, somebody. Reconciliation and revival will ride in on generosity of God's people of the ordinary. 
He rides in on generosity. The fact that he is choosing to ride in on our generosity is crazy to me. The next one, our generosity writes us into the story of God. And let me say this, this is going to sound kind of harsh, but listen. Our generosity, if our generosity writes us into the story of God, our greed or stinginess writes us out. But generosity will write you right in there. So here's a guy with two donkeys, and he gets written into God's story. Now listen, I'm not in the gospel, you're not in the gospel, but a guy that let him borrow two donkeys, he's in the gospel. Now how we lived back then, maybe some act of our generosity would have, writ- would have gotten us written in the gospel. But listen, the story's not over. The God story still continues. But the principle writes you and I into it. It's an act of obedience, an act of generosity that writes you into the story of God in someone's life. Isn't it crazy that God chooses to write us into his story through our generosity? Now listen, the Bible's full of this example. Listen, there's a lady in an offering that had two widow's mites, which is the equivalent of two pennies. We don't know a lot about her, but God wrote her into his story. There's a little boy that had five loaves and two fish, We don't know his name. We don't know a whole lot about him. But God wrote him into the story because of his generosity. It's kind of what they had or didn't have or how old they were. It was, they were generous with what they had. Their people are written all through the Bible because of their generosity. Listen to this. We even know a man named Joseph of Arimathea. In the Bible, there's a man named Joseph of Arimathea. Why do we even know him? Because he's the one who loaned Jesus a tomb when he needed it. Now the custom back in the day is they'd put a, a dead body in a tomb for a year and over time it would decay. Then they'd come gather the bones and take them out. And so there'd still be room for other people and other families to do something different with the bones. Listen, he had no idea though at the, at the time, Jesus really only needed to borrow it for three days. He was really willing to give them for a year. But listen, the fact that we even know who Joseph of Arimathea is, is crazy. Why? Because it's not important to the story really. What's important in the story is that Jesus had to have a resurrection, but it didn't matter who gave him the tomb. Come on, somebody. There just needed to be a resurrection. It didn't matter who gave him the tomb. It didn't matter who did that. But it mattered to God. It mattered to God so much that he wrote him into the story. He wrote him into the most amazing story ever known to man, the resurrection of God. It has no impact. The resurrection is all about God, all about his power, all about his love for mankind. And yet, because he was so moved, he wrote Joseph of Arimathea into the story. It's not important to anybody else. It doesn't change anything about the resurrection. doesn't make it any better, any worse. But to God, it mattered, and so he wrote him into the story. You never know. What's your one act of generosity? No matter how big or how small, in your mind, you never know how it matters to God. But here's what we do know by what we've seen in Scripture. It matters to God, and he will write you into his God story. For some of you that gave, gave uh, money towards anything, let me give money to, to the churches in India. You may have given a dollar to India. You know what? God wrote you into the story of an area in India where the name of Jesus was never, ever known before you came with your generosity. Never. God wrote you into their story. God wrote your story, wrote you, and if you, if you bought a gift for one of those kids, 1,426 kids, if you bought a gift for it, God wrote you into the story of a child that would not have experienced the love of God in Christmas had you not. And they will never know your name, but God does. And he wrote you in there. 
He writes us into the, into the life group. He, he writes us whatever you, you give out of a generous, kind heart and you're giving your time, talent, treasure. Guess what? People may not know. They may never, ever know you, but God knows you and writes your name into the story of their life. How many names are there written into our lives? We're seated right here. And this morning we had people give their life to Jesus, early service, we will second service. And the people that have gone on before you that most of us will never know are being written into the lives of you sitting here right now. Because your generosity. That's how God works. I hope that you get that, the heart of generosity. The most powerful, incredible thing happened. Mankind, the resurrection. Well, the the crucifixion and resurrection. Here you have a guy that all we know he gave two donkeys. We don't know his name, but he got written in the story. Here we know a guy's name that really didn't even matter in the scope of what resurrection was, and we know his name. It's amazing. It's crazy to me. God chooses to invite people into his epic story. We don't get written in because we're important. We don't get written in because we've held positions or titles. We get written in because we're available and we're generous. Here's what's amazing to me, and... Um, that you look at the India story, Jesus was never known in an area a few years ago, and now you saw that 67 villages have been opened up. There are stories being written right now that you're being written into. But listen to this, what you don't know is in 2019, 48, 67 villages opened to this point in time. Last year, 48 opened alone in last year. That's 72%. Listen, listen. 2019 was the most difficult, most persecuted, most oppressed, most hard year for that people group. And in the most difficult time, they saw the greatest growth. Look what God can do. 15 churches were planted there in 2019, were just a few years ago, not one existed out of 26 total, which is 58% increase in the time that it was the most difficult. Therefore, in a time, people might say, what's the point? But your generosity can flourish in the heart and lives of somebody else when given to God in the midst of the most difficult situations in life. He just needs someone to be generous. And we want to be that people. We want to be that people. I, I, I love that. I love the salvation stories. You saw 13, what, 1,355 salvations in our services. There was another 48 in our crusade. So 1,403 salvations, 300 on a mission trip. So listen to this. This year, 2019, that we know of, 1,700 salvation stories that you were written into because of your generosity. People's lives were changed. They're no longer going to hell. They're going to heaven. And they will never, and you will never know them. They'll never know you, but God knows. And he wrote you into their salvation story. That's amazing. The act of generosity. I love that. The prophecy in the passage of Zechariah was fulfilled by the generosity of one man and it stirred a city. 500 years before the act, the prophecy. I wonder what God's promise is to this area. Because that, that act of that one man of generosity with the big donkey and little donkey was a promise God made 500 years ago to mankind. I wonder what promises God has to this area. I wonder what promise God has made to Mexico. I wonder what promises he has to the Namadi in India. I wonder what promises are waiting for your and my generosity to fulfill them. And the generosity, therefore, of this church, and therefore getting written into his story, is crazy to think that our yes today weaves us into the story of God and people's tomorrows. 
we don't always get to see what God is doing or even hear about it, but every time we're generous, God writes us into his story. Let me give you this last thought. Generosity is crazy to me because you always get back more than you give. And I don't know why it is that we think, we've been trained to think, when we give it to God, it's gone and gone forever. And that's not true. The crazy thing is, God will return it back to you. Good measure, press down, shaking the end, running over. He'll open the window of heaven. But we don't give to get. That's not our motivation. Now, go with me for just a moment. I can't prove this in the scripture, but I think it's logical. The man gave his big donkey and little donkey to the disciples. Do you think he probably sat there and said, so how long are you going to need him? And um, you sure need two. How about just the big one? The little one, he's kind of young, you know, and a little, maybe a little wilder. Older one's a little more docile. You know, the old and familiar, right? How and so he's like, okay, so when can I expect him back? And, uh, and so here's what I believe happened. I said, the man said, sure. And I believe he went along. It was only an hour donkey ride from the place that he picked, they picked up the donkeys to the place that Jesus rode him into Jerusalem. It's only an hour. I imagine the man walked along behind. Sure, you can use him. I'll just go along with you. So when you're done, you don't need him anymore. I can bring him back. I believe the man got the donkeys back because the Bible doesn't say they were crucified with Jesus. (laughs) I believe the man followed them with the donkeys and Jesus got on him and rode into town and he started seeing this crowd gather and all of a sudden he's amazed like, wow, what is really going on? I didn't realize this. They didn't tell me, they didn't tell me this. And all of a sudden there's this big parade and the donkeys are in the center of the parade and, and Jesus is riding back and forth on them. Maybe, I don't know what he's doing, maybe laying across them because he rode both of them, the Bible says, but he's right. And the guy had to be saying, wow, all this stuff is happening. It's amazing to me. And then when it was over and Jesus got off the donkey at some point in time and the crowd moved on and stuff, maybe he just let his donkeys back home and tied them up again. And I would imagine, if you'll give me the opportunity, he walked into his wife and and said, honey, you're never going to believe what happened today. These guys came up and said, hey, that that Jesus needed a donkey. And you know Jesus. Everybody's been talking about Jesus. He's been doing miracles everywhere. And I said, sure, yeah, take him. And so I went along. And all of a sudden, this big parade happened. And honey, listen, they were laying their cloaks in the street. And their donkeys were walking on their cloaks. I know I would never let my donkey walk on mine. but And all of a sudden, they're cutting branches down and putting them out there. Everybody's shouting. And yeah, they did great. Those donkeys did so good. They were so at peace. I can't imagine it. But it makes sense because they were, they, they were, their creator was riding on them. Why wouldn't they be at peace? And I was just hoping they wouldn't get wild and buck or whatever, or kick somebody, but they were great and they came back. And I can't believe, I can't believe we got to be a part of that. And we got our donkeys back. I don't know why we've been trained to think that we give something to God. It's been gone forever. That's a lie. And God will give you that back and more. But listen. Little did that man know that six days later, Jesus would be crucified. Three days later, he'd be resurrected. And can you imagine sitting around the dinner table and why? You know those donkeys? He carried him in there. They carried the one that got crucified for our sins and rose again. Those donkeys. Can, I, can you imagine with me for a moment your act of generosity? We don't do it to receive anything back. But just the idea, I thought that, are you serious? 1,700 people gave their life to Jesus because of acts of generosity? Are you kidding me? Almost a half a million dollars went out in in missions and outreach. Are you kidding me? Almost 440,000 pounds of food because of generosity. I I can't believe that. We got to be a part of that. Are you kidding me? If only knowing that I got to be a part of what God's doing is is enough, that would be enough for me. But God doesn't operate that way. Because when you act in generosity and when you give and you sow, he returns back to you in a greater measure and capacity. 
And he writes you into the story. And I can't believe, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me. It's crazy to me to think of all the things that you saw on that screen and more. We got to be a part of that. And I don't know about you, and no one gets the credit but God, and, and, and whatever God returns and he will, that's his promise, his promise is to return. I don't know what that is, but it's enough for me to know that it helped change somebody's life, that it made a difference. Are you kidding me? That we were able because of your generosity? We didn't even come and ask you. We were able because of your generosity to build a sensory room for kids that just have some extra needs. That's what we're calling it, extra needs. And that they can come and find some peace and, and find a, a way to, to be able to process and be reintegrated back. And their parents can sit in the room. Can I tell you, we have a dad here, a single dad that has three boys. Two of them have some form of autism. And that room has been a lifesaver for them. And we get to be a part of that. Are you kidding me? Amazing. Who would have thought? It's enough to know. I know God will reward our generosity. We don't do it because of that. It's just enough to know that we get to be written into God's story in somebody's life. That from now on, who knows how many extra need children will be able to come here now and their families because of our generosity. And that's enough for me. That we're written, God is writing your life, your, your name, your family into the story of families that have extra needs that are looking for churches that can accommodate them, that are looking, and listen, next week you'll hear about a playground that's gonna be a big playground, it's gonna be able to accommodate extra needs, handicap, and, and the others, and it's gonna be that we get to be a part of that. There's nothing like that currently in our area, and it's not like to say who we are, but God, thank you for giving us the opportunity. Are you kidding? That's crazy to me. It's crazy to me that God would look down on each and every one of us and give us the opportunity on some capacity, on some level, to be generous and then write us into the story of people's lives. Many we will never, ever meet. Many will never know our name, we'll never know their name, but God will. And that's crazy to me. You know, the thing about the story really isn't the donkeys, although it's fun to talk about that. Obviously, it was the vehicle of generosity through that man, but really the part of the story that's Amazing to me is that those donkeys carried the lamb of God, the sacrificial lamb. So your vehicle, if you will, of generosity carries the hope of the world, carries the answer for humanity, carries the forgiveness of sin, carries the sacrificial lamb of God, Jesus Every act of generosity carries, and that is what makes the difference in this lost and hurting world. And we get to be a part of God's story. And you saw it for 2019, some of it. Some of it we'll never know about until we get to heaven one day, but God knows. And I say today, as we're entering into a new season, a new year, a new decade, the same heart, the same mission, the same vision, the same past passion we've always had. It'll look a little different. We're reaching new generations, living in a new culture, but the same heart, the same cross. We brought the old and new together and we're moving forward for this next season of generosity. And we're gonna make sure that we're gonna do our part. We're gonna make sure we're gonna do our part. I hope that all of us will do our part. And when you do your part, God always does his part. God is a good God. God is a faithful God. He's writing us in, if we will allow him, through acts of obedience and generosity, 
He's writing us into some of the most amazing stories we will never hear of, but he will know. And one day, when we stand before him in heaven, we'll hear about all the things and we'll say, I never really knew that that was that taco I ate, that pound of brisket, that time I gave. Are you kidding me? That was, but God knows. And that's what matters. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.